So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 99 days until Wyoming Cowboy football season, Jared. But first things first, do you have Nuggets fever? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we've talked about it many times. You and I aren't NBA fans. Will I watch? Yeah, I'll pay attention. I'm not going to stare at the TV for 48 minutes, but I will watch the games here and there. You know what? Um, You know, you grew up in Wyoming, too. Um, You know, obviously closer to South Dakota. Uh, I grew up down here in Cheyenne. Um, The Nuggets, I think, I, I never had any feeling toward the Nuggets whatsoever. And I did used to love the NBA. And I think you did too. Jordan Days, you know. Larry I think, Bird, yeah, Julie absolutely. Serving, absolutely. I think back to those like must-watch games with the Knicks and Pacers and stuff like that, and even the you know the Houston Rockets there for a while, and, and the Phoenix Suns. Never had any love for the Nuggets at all. I, I know when they beat uh, you know the SuperSonics and they were the eight and they beat the one that was like a huge deal. And Dikembe Mutombo is a lovable character and all that, but I don't think the Nuggets ever did themselves any kind of a good service. Like the Broncos and the Rockies, uh, you know, when the Broncos came to Denver, they did these tours where they went up to South Dakota and they went up to Wyoming and Montana and all over to make it the region's teams. And and so did the Rocky. You know, we had Mike Lansing Field right here in Cheyenne. Uh, they had a they had a what single A affiliate, the Casper mm-hmm. Ghosts up in Casper. Um, and the Avalanche, I mean, they just won the Stanley Cup first year, and everybody got the fever there. But with the Nuggets, I don't recall them ever doing any goodwill anything. And that just, I think they maybe did themselves a real disservice by not doing those things. I do recall when I was in school back in the early 90s, um, UW that is, that NBA teams at that time would do exhibition games on college campuses mm-hmm. or even high school gyms, you know, wherever they were. Right. Um, I don't ever recall the Nuggets coming to Laramie. The Jazz came to Laramie one time um, because I remember I'm, I was a trainer at the time and I'm back in the hallways and Mark Eaton is the largest human being I've ever seen in my life. Really? I mean, 7'4", 300 pounds. <laughs> the guy, yeah. and, and then they were playing the Atlanta Hawks. And Muggsy Bugs. Oh, yeah. The shortest guy to <laughs> yeah. ever play in the league. Or maybe it was Spud Webb, one of the two. Yeah. Whoever was on the Hawks walked by, too. And I'm like, oh, my. Wow. I'm looking at both these guys <laughs> going <laughs> back and forth. That's a cool idea, though, to do that. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was an engagement thing. So the Jazz did it. But I don't ever recall the Nuggets doing it. I don't think the Nuggets. I might be wrong. They might have done this Maybe they went stuff. to CSU instead. Maybe. I, I just don't. Uh, I, I, I've never owned a pair of Nuggets anything, shirts, hats, nothing. But you think about their their logos, mm-hmm. they're pretty sweet. They are. The the picks that are crossed, mm-hmm. the, the mountains in the background, those and then the city ones. They're old those, school are awesome. Those are really cool yeah. logos. Yeah. And if I were to buy an NBA team's logo, you know, a shirt today, it would be the pickaxe one. Right. Yep. I, do you think it's safe to say there's more Utah Jazz fans in Wyoming than there is Nuggets fans? On the western side of the state, absolutely. Well, and the Jazz had a lot of success. Yeah. And this is obviously um, the Nuggets' first trip to the NBA Finals. I think it's what have you done for me lately, so there's probably more Nuggets right now if you yeah. see one of those 
boomer maps that yeah. you know covers the right covers the state. It just it reminds me of 2007 when, of course, like I was a complete degenerate. I would watch every single Phillies game, and we didn't have DVR, so I had to be in my seat to watch every game. Five oh five. And uh, was going to the gym a lot in those days, and all of a sudden the Rockies win twenty three or twenty four in a row, and everybody's a Rockies fan all of a sudden. And uh, it was, and then they sweep the Phillies in the first round yeah. of the playoffs, and it's absolutely infuriating. <laughs> I don't feel that toward the Nuggets. Obviously, I don't care about the NBA at all, and I'm happy for people who are actually Nuggets fans. But um, I, I, I just was thinking about that today. They never grabbed a young Cody for sure uh, at all, and they were terrible. They were when I was a kid. But well, and watching. Part of the Celtics game last night. I mean, they were down 3-0. Now it's 3-2. Mm. I would like to see them come back and win. It'd be the first team to come back from a 3-0 deficit. Yeah. And I was a Celtics fan in high school and in junior high because yeah. of Larry Bird. Unfortunately, Danny Ainge, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, oh, Dennis Johnson. Was Kevin he? McHale. Yeah, then? Kevin McHale. Yeah. Um, there's a couple others I'm missing, but those were fun fun teams to watch. Yeah, and you know, I was a Dallas Mavericks fan if I ever was a fan of anybody and that's because living in Dallas we didn't have cable and uh, the Mavericks were on every night and I think the only team they ever beat during that time was the Nuggets. <laughs> I mean, I don't even think they won double digit games the year I lived in Dallas, but they were on every night, watched them. Um but the Nuggets, I just I was thinking about that this weekend that I don't I don't know if they've grabbed anybody. I think when they got Carmelo, that probably grabbed a lot of the younger kids now, like like Kyle Cedar, our mm-hmm. former coworker. He likes the Nuggets because of somebody like that who came in and gave them hope. Uh, but when we were a kid, I mean, the one thing I remember is Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf not standing up for the national anthem. Yep. <laughs> That's about all I remember about yeah. the Nuggets aside from Matumbo. Well, and the first time I ever went to any event at uh, McNichols. McNichols Arena, it was a Queensryche concert. <laughs> yeah, I never even went to McNichols Arena, and I'm sad to say that. And then I saw Bob Seger there. And I did, but I don't think I ever saw a sporting event there. Well, it's funny. You, you watch that 30 for 30, uh, Elway and, or Marino and all that. Um, it, the coolest thing I think they showed in that was Dan Reeves was sitting front row at a Nuggets game that night, and they were like, oh, Dan Reeves just left because uh, they're about to sign John Elway out at Stapleton Airport. They're on a plane getting ready to sign John Elway. So that was probably the most excitement in Nuggets history up to that point. Well, to switch back to when you opened this podcast, you said 99 days. Yes. Do you... So, the first thing I thought of when you said 99 was my favorite player to ever wear 99 at Wyoming, mean, Kurt Whitehead. Yeah. And he, was a good, he is a good friend of mine. Yeah. So, that's why... Do you relate jersey numbers? Oh, totally. To... And can you can remember probably four guys, you know, that wear, wore whatever. Yeah. That's how I used to remember phone numbers. Me too. I still do to this day. Yeah. Because you don't really remember phone numbers anymore because nope. they're in your phone. Yeah. But back when you had the dial-up phones, it was like, oh, it's um, Marcus Harris, Kurt Whitehead, 2399. Yep. I do the same. <laughs> I still do that to this day. And speaking of 99, I, some of you probably noticed I'm, I relaunched the Who Wore It Best series because we have 99 days left. So today, I believe 99 was David Adin. Um I didn't even look at my own story yet, but I'm pretty sure that, it was David Adin. And Kurt Whitehead's probably your honorable mention. Yep, yep, probably so. Yep. So, uh, yeah, launching that again, um, I know it was uh, very well received the first time it came out. I thought, hell, there's 99 days left. Let's just do it again to get through the summer. And just to talk about it, since you said David Adin, five sacks against BYU in 1988 under the lights. Yes. Oh, what a night, Suck man. that, BYU. <laughs> And speaking of BYU, uh, the Reed family, your favorites uh, over there in Provo. The Stormin' Mormons. Yeah, they made it to the final here in our uh, Biggest Villains in Basketball History uh, series we're doing. 
them versus Rick Majerus. I, I didn't know if Majerus was going to hang on to beat Danny Ainge yesterday, but he did. I, I don't know. Who do you hate worse, Ainge or Majerus? Well, I never got to see Ainge play in Wyoming or against Wyoming. Um, so I had to go with Majerus in that. And just because I saw him firsthand, and I know people who actually worked under him, he was just a horrible human being to other people. Yeah. Now, he great basketball mind, and he, he loved some of his players. Mm-hmm. He didn't love all of them. He didn't even like some of his players. It, reading up on him and actually reading some stories, he was brutal. And this was before the transfer portal, and he was kicking dudes off left and right, and guys were quitting the team yeah. left and right. If he was coaching today, he would lose his entire roster. Oh, absolutely. And I worked the Final Four in 1998 when they played for a national championship. That's when there was a uh, racial slur that was supposedly said. Uh, We had the press room full of everybody ready to go. He wouldn't come in. So we had to remove everybody. And the only person he would talk to in the beginning was Leslie Visser. Really? So they talked. And then they opened the doors, and he only took like one or two questions. Was it Majerus who literally had a, or who? Yeah, yeah. The racial slur was yeah. by him. Oh, no, that's what, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. So anyway, I can't, I can't remember the outcome of that. But then on Sunday night, they had like forty-five minutes for practice because I mean it's the last game of the year. You don't, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. He practiced for two hours. Wow. And it wasn't an easy practice. So we're sitting there twiddling our thumbs, waiting for him to get off the court. And they ran out of gas against Kentucky. Yeah, the, ne- the next night. So yeah, and what a run by the Utes! I do remember that yep. they were uh, really, really good. Um, reading about him though, he was a he was a disaster, like well, just meaner than hell. And he got into it with Paul Roach of all people, yep. and got into it with Benny D's. And I know a female athletic trainer who was at Wyoming, who was then at Utah. Um, she was covering a Ute practice. She was the women's basketball trainer, but something she just had to sit up in the stands and be there. Mm-hmm. And he yelled to one of his assistants, who let that bleep in here? Get her the bleep out of my gym. <laughs> wow. So she just got up and walked down the tunnel and says, I'll be down here if you need me. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, I'd read about his own guys just couldn't stand him, and he was just brutal. And I mean, I've heard another stories, and I'm not going to... I don't want to say the next one. It's it's too brutal. Well, what was cool was talking to Josh Davis about how special it was to beat them to to win the Mountain West title in what a one um, or oh two oh two oh two yeah to to win that game in Laramie and how special that atmosphere was and of course we were there. I mean that that atmosphere was unbelievable, second to none. Uh, so that was special. But if you think about it, Wyoming's kind of coming out party too was against Majerus and I believe they were ranked fourth in the country and it was a big Monday game and you know of course McFall to to Davis for the three quarter alley oop that was just blew the roof off that place. And I'm sure all you listeners remember that game. Go to YouTube and watch it. That <laughs> yeah. that little piece on McFalda. Because Bob Carpenter, Jimmy Dykes, who did all the big Monday games, they loved coming to Laramie yep. during that time. And they were talking about, you know, doing the guns in the holsters. Mm-hmm. You might not you might have to face Utah again. And then that play happened. They're like, oh my, there's a party going <laughs> on in Laramie tonight. Yes there was. <laughs> and that I think put him up by 30. Yeah, it was a blowout. Absolute blowout. So Josh mentioned those two, <clears throat> excuse me, of course, mentioned those two games, but he also mentioned he played with Brent, Britton Johnson overseas, and they played on the same team, and he didn't give me anything, but he was like, uh, let's just say that he was not beloved even by his own players and that uh, they were happier than hell to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So he, he just wouldn't survive today, and I think – 
maybe what I was reading about Majerus is maybe a little bit about like what a practice with Jeff Linder might have been like last year, and you just can't you just cannot do it anymore. Well, and, and I think it was that game in Laramie that we talked about when they were fourth. He flew home on the Huntsman's private jet, and he took uh, Andre Miller and um, oh, not Doliak, but the other Van guy, Horn, Van Horn, with him mm-hmm. on the plane. I think Van Horn was on that team. I think so. I, I could be wrong, but he took he took two players on the plane. Everybody else had to spend the night, drive to, t- drive down to Denver the next morning, and go home. <laughs> That's nice of him. Yeah. And then he had the weird thing where he never got a house the whole time he lived there. He lived in a hotel. Marriott. Yeah. Yep. And then he had a he had a treadmill after he had his heart problems mm-hmm. that had a had a reserved for Rick Majerus during. 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. every day, <laughs> and he was never on it. <laughs> well, hell of a coach. He was Great definitely a hell of a coach. Line. And then talking to like Kevin McKinney, he recalls him definitely slamming the, the scorer's table. And, and the phone went off the hood, <laughs> yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff, yeah. Yeah, um, he would not make it in today's basketball. No. And, you know, a guy I was fortunate to cover for a couple of years is Tom Izzo, and you can even tell he, he was that type of guy. But you can tell he's even toned it down 100 notches, and, and you have to to survive these days. Well, and after Rick left uh, Utah, he went to St. Louis and mm-hmm. turned that program around. Yeah, he the did. The Billikens were actually relevant. Yeah. Oh, he was a hell of a coach, no doubt about it. And I, I wasn't – I don't recall the Reed brothers playing, but just seeing the comments from fans and how much they couldn't stand him. Well, it was made it worse because their dad was the coach. Yeah. Favoritism. They were great players, don't get me wrong. Well, good players. I don't want to give him too much credit. But the student section chanted some pretty unsavory <laughs> words when those two guys had the ball. I miss the and Wyoming student section. There wouldn't be a student section today if they said what they were saying. Yeah. So. You know, in, in doing this research, too, Frank Arnold, he sounded like he was just a peach. Like, would point up in the stands if he saw a fan actually. Or another P word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would literally say, talk about the fans. Obviously, he called Wyoming fans despicable, but he would actually point up into the crowd and during media timeouts and have have a cop come over and he'd point people out to go get him out of the crowd. And then he would actually turn and face the crowd. And I mean, can you imagine what a lightning rod that guy had to have been? Well, it goes to show you, too, how relevant BYU and Utah are and have been in basketball. Yeah. And that they're no longer in the league. Yeah. And how maybe non-relevant CSU has been in basketball to the rivalry. Yes. Because Great point. those guys didn't make make it this far. Great point. I mean, think about this, fans. Who who in CSU history do you just loathe? And I saw people say, Paco Larson. I don't even remember him. Yeah. And that, that was before years in my time and yeah. probably a lot of our readers. Yeah. Um, I, do you hate David Roddy? No. Like not at all. I don't like. Isaiah I don't Stevens. like him because he didn't come to Wyoming. But um, yeah. But Ike Palmer was a guy that just because he had big games against Wyoming and mm-hmm. he was just a cocky little jerk. Yeah. On the but you know what? That's what rivalries are all about, and I'm sure they hated Josh Adams. Yes, and absolutely. they still do for what he said on Senior Night. Absolutely. So. And that's the thing with this villains thing. It's not all just being a crusty jerk and yeah. and aiming stuff toward Wyoming. It's it's beating Wyoming. And I bet them you Danny year. Ainge probably never said anything bad about Wyoming. Yeah, he just kicked their butt yeah. most of the time. Yeah, and he was just that little tiny Mormon. Yeah. on the court. 
Yeah, you know, frustrating. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fits the stereotype, yep. just uh, like the Reed brothers, but like Michael Smith. Yeah, he reading up on him, he fit the mold. And in that ESPN article, which is just terrific, he blonde was, hair, blue eyes, know, square jaw. Uh, he's at a bachelor party at a Pizza Hut. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're they're drinking like non caffeinated soda and and leave before ten o'clock. And yeah. and the dad's like, I can't believe you bleached your hair blonde. And I mean, that's what makes them hateable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so frustrating. But, yeah, with CSU, that's a wonderful point. Um, I think, you know, their former head coach, Larry Stacey, he's a lightning rod, of course, because of what he – the things he did and it, off the court and everything. And that was before he was even at CSU. Yeah. And then I think of a guy like Raphael Arugio. He was in my era, and we hated him because we're like, oh, now we can have tattoos? Well – what I didn't like about him and the and the Mountain West Conference at the time that he slugged that guy from San Diego State plain as day. Mm-hmm. Video review showed it. Still pictures showed it, and they didn't suspend him before the Mountain West tournament. And who did Wyoming have to play in the first round? Yeah. BYU. And he never lost a he yeah. never lost to Wyoming. He had some Man, huge he was games. A beast though he was he was really big good. dude. I just remember seeing those tats and thinking, "Are you kidding? They're letting this slide now?" So. Because they found this this guy landed in their lap, so now tattoos are okay. And if you guys haven't read some of these articles, go back and read them because Cody did some in depth uh, research and you know about them about BYU photoshopping their media guides <laughs> yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So go back and read that stuff. Yeah, they're fun, man. And I, his name is slipping my mind, uh, but the CSU guy who uh, David, um, God. His name slipping my mind, but he was actually, Turcott. Turcott, yeah, Turcott. He, I actually talked to him. Basketball guys are a pain in the ass to get a hold of, by the way. Um, I, I tried reaching out for every single one of these stories and, and really swung and missed. You mean Randy lost. and Robbie Reed didn't get back they to you? They did not. Oh, okay. um, but but David Turcott did get back to me late, unfortunately. But he uh, he loved it. He got a kick out of the fact that Wyoming fans hated him and... and uh, he loved the rivalry and started sharing some stories with me about it. And he was, you know, he just, he had huge games against Wyoming. And Sean Dent was saying, man, I'm glad they didn't put me on him. They, they'd let Turk Boyd do it because he was bigger and he was just good. He yep. was really good. So he shared it on his personal Facebook and said, uh, I bet nobody else has an entire state that hates him like I do. <laughs> and he had like 50 comments under it. It was That's cool. It was great. And then, you know, just a more transparency for you. I reached out to a guy like Sly Johnson who played for the Cowboys and I said, hey, I'm doing a story about the biggest villains in Wyoming history and was going to ask him some questions. And he was like, sounds negative. And then he blocked me. And I'm thinking, what is the matter with you? This is all in fun. I mean, yeah, some of us probably truly have some hatred for a lot of these guys, but it's all in fun. And and really, they were just a pain in Wyoming's ass. You're lost, Sly. Yeah, weird. Really weird. Um, It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. At least two weeks, I think. Maybe yeah. three since we've done I one. I think three because I was looking back. And uh, Wyoming signed Carson May, a four-star, former four-star quarterback who who uh, originally committed to Iowa out of high school. Um, that's the last time. He, he signed the day after our, our last podcast. So, uh, unfortunately, Carson May is not eligible this year. He will not be able to play because he spent the spring at a junior college. So, Well, I bet you uh, he transfers before he even puts on a uniform. Oh, yeah. Boy, I Here heard Here comes that. those comments. Yep. And he's just the third prospect in program history that, with that many stars behind his name. Of course, Deshaun Woods, who left the program. Uh, I don't know if left the program is the right thing to say. Maybe he was uh, asked to leave the program well, this offseason. Well, hopefully he's the first one that actually plays. Yeah, yeah, exactly. John Hawk, the other one, he was a JUCO guy back in uh, Dimmel's era. Dimmel didn't even remember him. That's how uh, impactful this guy was. But uh, Carson May spent... Uh, 
spent the spring at Coffeeville Community College over in Kansas. So because of transfer rules, he uh, he is not eligible this year. But the guy threw for 8,549 yards and 107 touchdowns during his career at Jones High School in Oklahoma. Uh, he was really lightly recruited, I think, because he played 2A football in Oklahoma. Uh, he did get offers from Western Michigan and Old Dominion, and then he eventually signed with Iowa, who was also after him. Um, he was ranked the 13th uh, pro-style quarterback in the country, according to rivals. The Oklahoma newspaper had him uh, ranked number 30th in the state. Um, he was the only quarterback, actually, to land on that list from uh, – Oklahoma City's newspaper. Uh, he was also the 2A player of the year as a senior, 3,082 passing yards and 37 touchdowns. He also rushed for 500 yards and found the end zone 11 times on the ground. So uh, those numbers would suggest he's pretty good. Cowboys needed a quarterback. Uh, Coach Bull said he didn't feel comfortable going into the spring with only three. Technically, he has five, but two of them, Caden Anderson, uh, the kid out of Dallas, the true freshman, Probably won't be ready with his torn ACL. And then, of course, uh, Carson May will not be eligible to play this year. So, Caden uh, Becker, of course, now at Nebraska. He was in the Cowboys quarterback room last year. He is now trying to be a tight end over in Lincoln. And Hank Gibbs, uh, I believe, signed with Northern Colorado. You know what I did? Yeah, yeah I think that's pretty right. sure Hank's yep. there. So, the Cowboys are down to Andrew Peasley, Jaden Clemens, and uh, Big Evan Svoboda. So, yeah, it has been a while. You've gone on a... You went on an awesome vacation. I got to see the pictures and live through you a little bit. Yeah. Shout out to our friends, Deb and Dennis Dagner, for having us down. Um, his company is a big sponsor of this music fest in um, Cherokee Creek, Texas, of all places, out in the middle of nowhere. It's Dude, on this guy's ranch. I love Texas in general. Middle of nowhere, cities, and I love it all. This guy has a lot of money. He has his own recording label, even. Anyway, so he invites, he has Friday nights, kind of a... Mi- mi- mix match of um, genres, mm-hmm. and then a huge rainstorm came in, and then Saturday was pretty much all you know Texas country. Lyle Lovett was the headliner, um, but we got to see uh, Cody Canada, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. who was the head man for Cross Canadian Ragweed, and actually got to talk to him, get pictures with him, hang out and drink a beer with him afterwards. Nice. It was fun, That's and cool. I gave him a koozie when I met him in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the Lucky Buffalo koozies mm-hmm. that say WIAF on them. And he's using it the rest of the night, drinking beer out of it. Awesome. So I got pictures with him in with it. Well, that's cool. <laughs> so that was game. awesome. Yeah. Yep. So that, that was awesome. And then um, I know you like your Texas barbecue, Cody. Yes, I do. Who doesn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Or some people say Kansas City barbecue. Well, Texas, in my mind, still has the best barbecue. Yes. And we went to a place in Lano, Texas, which is L-L-A-N-O. I don't know how you get that pronunciation out of that, but anyway, you do. And Cooper's Old Time Barbecue. And the best burnt ends I have ever had. Oh, that's saying a lot, too. I mean, and it's a German-style barbecue, too. Mm-hmm. I I didn't realize that German-style barbecue I think they're was the ones who started the whole shebang, honestly. They had German-style potato salad, so it had a little bit of a vinegar hint to it. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm. And they didn't have true barbecue sauce. Like like the thick sugary sauce, yeah. it was vinegary, run almost like water. That's what they dab it with all day long. And they they said, "Do you want sauce on it?" They took the whole hunk that you bought, dipped it in the vat, mm. and brought it back out. And then they had little servings of it if you wanted to dip more in it. Oh, it's oh awesome. it was so good. So if you guys get a chance, it's worth the drive. And it's out in the hill, hill country. country. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to Texas next month, so no plans aside from really barbecue and heading to the beach. So. 
Nice. And Whataburger. Do we get to see you? Any pictures of you on the beach? If you want. All right. All right. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do a 7220 calendar shoot. There's a Pistol Pete Speedo out. Oh. Um, you might have to have I'm for in. the beach. I didn't know that was a thing. I will definitely get that. I don't think it is, but I think we can talk to the swim coach <laughs> and get a bucking horse speedo for you. How about Matt Lenning? He could probably figure something out. Possibly, but you know, all those swimmers and divers, they probably have like twenty-eight waists. Yeah, or even smaller. Yeah, that's I my thigh. Don't know if we could get one. Yeah, get over one leg, let alone your waist. And I'll have to pack a bunch of extra socks to wear the speedo. So. <laughs> well, when it's that tight, it might be all right. <laughs> what do you do in the last three weeks? <laughs> Nothing. Take care of Holly? Yeah, raised a baby. That's about right. it. I'm ready for a vacation, though. And that's, you know, let's be real, guys. It's it's the dead time. Yep. There's not anything going on anymore. Jared's going to run down uh, kind of what Wyoming finished uh, in the other Olympic sports here. Uh, but... Uh, there's not much going on, so it's well, it's vacation time soon. I know you're not a golf fan, but Michael, I did watch that. Michael Block, mm-hmm. he was a true PGA professional, a head pro mm-hmm. in California, places 15th, wins $288,000 last week in the PGA Championship, gets off to a very rough start yesterday in the Colonial down in Fort Worth, mm-hmm. but he's still having fun. But I heard an interview with him this week, and that's it's so interesting He's using clubs that are nine years old in his bag. Really? And he said that he doesn't have any grooves left on his five, seven, and nine irons. Like the groove, there is nothing left. And that's what these pros use to get spin on their ball, the grooves on the club. And he goes, if it's not broke, don't fix it. (laughs) He goes, I'm just out there having fun, guys. And then they said, well, are you looking at getting your card? And he goes, no. I do not want to have my PGA card. I don't. I don't want to go on tour. He's the one who hit the hole in one. Right? Yeah. That then, yeah. Incredible. Then he hits the hole in one. Yeah. And he's been. And that's how the art. The conversation came in because I've been offered more money than I make in a year for my seven iron that I hit the hole in one with. <laughs> well, are you going to sell it? And he goes, I don't know. It, there's no grooves left on it. I don't know why anybody wants it. <laughs> I love that. I did watch some interviews with him. He is such a just a dude. He's gonna be he's gonna be in the media. Yeah. I bet you he'll end up. He he signed with a marketing agency mm-hmm. yesterday. Yeah, and he, he's kind of like Tim Cup. All of a sudden, he has these logos appearing on his shirt that he didn't have before. <laughs> so well, it reminded me of uh, Happy Gilmore too, because yeah. he hits the hole in one, and everybody wants to talk to him, and nobody wants to talk to the guy who actually won the whole thing. Yeah. So that was good. He, what what a cool moment! I of course my buddy had golf on in the background, and I just I, it's yeah. just white noise to me. But well, that was incredible. And on Saturday night, I mean, he's in the final pairing with Rory McIlroy on Sunday. Saturday night, he knows that he went straight from the club, doesn't shower, wears the same clothes. He had his like his credentials hanging on his neck. Went to a local pub, awesome in Buffalo or right outside Rochester, yeah, Rochester, yeah. And he's just drinking beers with dudes. I love that. I love that. Everybody else is at home probably drinking their red wine, having one, and then having their masseuse work on them, their swing coach analyzing stuff, and he's out having beers. Their private jets. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Speaking of, I did notice uh, the Wyoming Cowboys had a really good Mountain West tournament, the golf team. Yes, they did. Really and good. Shout out to Joe Jensen and the group there. The group there. Great finish there. And then they go on to um, they play second in the Golf Week National Golf Invite. Yep. And that's just and they were another. Leading it. Yeah, in leading going it in the last days, day, yeah. yeah, that's just another stepping stone for this program. Mm-hmm. And 
it's hard to say that, oh, well, golf's not that big of a deal because you're in Wyoming and they, they never place better than fifth. Well, Mountain West has really, really good golf programs. San Diego State, UNLV, New Mexico, and even CSU, mm. always up there. Yep. Boise State turns out PGA guys. Um, for Wyoming to place fifth, that's pretty damn good because yep. you're in the coldest market in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Um, you're never home. Never home. They host tournaments in Palm Desert and in Phoenix all the time. Mm-hmm. And so Joe's doing a really, really good job with that program. And that just goes to show um, how good of a recruiter he is in developing these guys. And then a couple of guys won their qualifiers to possibly go to the U.S. Open. Yep. Um, they didn't make it to the next. They, they went to the next round didn't make it to the third round. But that's just. Yeah. Momentum. Just goes, yep. And the, he's always the, put, turning out um, academic guys, too. Yeah. I mean, that team is always up there in the academics. His top two guys were 4.0 guys. And uh, just. They, uh, I was reading through it. They actually led uh, on the final day too. They just just fell short, I believe, on like the fifteenth or sixteenth hole. They they got over. How many holes Texas are there? State eighteen. Oh, okay, nineteen, okay. right? Well, nineteen, yeah, for some surfaces, <laughs> but uh... yeah, they they finally Texas State got them in the end. But uh, I was following that every day when Wyoming would send out their press release. I'd be like, wow, they are. They're in first place, and there they, there were some dudes in that tournament, that golf week tournament too. So, well, and then another uh, Olympic sport, UW tennis, the Mountain West yep. regular season champs. They go on to the Universal Tennis NIT mm-hmm. and go two and one during the event, and that was on Amazon Prime if you wanted to watch it. It was, yep. it, so it was a televised event, and that's our you first know, postseason, first postseason wins. Yep. Uh, Shout out to yep. them, and they ended up sixty fifth in the overall rankings for the end of the year, and um, so shout out to Dean Clower and the. Cowgirl tennis team. A lot of really good. The Olympic sports had a hell of a year this year. Um, yep. I think wrestling's arguably the main one that most people have an eye on, and they kind of had it down here, but uh, they got some dudes too. Talking about that program, um, Mark Branch has flat out said, he goes, 2022-23 is behind us. Mm-hmm. He goes, we are not going back there. He goes, 23-24 is going to be totally different. We have some guys. He mm-hmm. goes, we have so many guys in our um, wrestling room right now. I don't know who's going to be in the lineup. That's wow. how deep they are. Awesome. And they've had two consecutive top fifteen recruiting classes, if I'm not mistaken. So he's ready to put some. And he's not. He he's he's pissed off about last year. Oh yeah. About when the transfer portal injuries, people lying to him. Yeah. He's ready to go. Oh, he was posting all over social yeah. media. He's very open about his disdain for last year. Yeah. Reminded me a lot of Craig Bull being so pissed off during the COVID year. Yep. Yeah, that is behind them. And then uh, Kareem Mersal uh, qualified for the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships in Austin um, in the long jump. So um, congratulations and good luck to him. Yeah, the Egyptian. That's cool, man. Yeah, they've had a really – all the Olympic sports. I mean, women's soccer had a great year, and then it just came right over. I think volleyball obviously has a new coach in uh, Priggy and, and um, you she know. She signed a couple of transfers. Yeah, yeah. Who was I seeing uh, – I think it was women's golf. They actually signed a transfer from Colorado State. Yeah, a fifth or sixth year senior, <laughs> yeah. and just she's out of not eligibility, obviously, but she just wants to change of pace. And maybe they were like, "We need some younger people in our yeah. program." So, yeah. um, good luck to you. And I mean, hopefully, she'll bring some, uh, you know, stability to the cowgirl program too. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we finally see it, and you know it's going to happen when a Wyoming guy goes to Colorado State in football, or vice versa? And I did know. 
Solomon Bird was in deep talks with Colorado State before he went to USC or before he went to Georgia Tech, then yeah. USC. Uh, he was definitely on the open market. You, you'd say. Yeah. I had sources down in Fort Collins telling me he's likely signing with the Rams. It, and and it'll probably it. happen. I mean, like Ducell goes to Fresno State. Yeah. So glad he didn't go down there. Yeah. If he, what, what if he would have hit like three threes oh in a game and God. one of them buried the Cowboys or something? Oh. Like yeah, it's going to happen. It will. And remember when Rum Weber first entered the transfer portal, his first offer was from Colorado State, and he couldn't wait to post that on social media. Yeah. And people were freaking out. So it's going to happen. Hopefully it's the other way. Hopefully somebody comes up here from, from there and, and really – it's going to spark some stuff for sure. I mean, the rivalry is already hot as always, but yeah. that's really going to spark some stuff. Other news that came out of Laramie is – Bo Clark, the UW rodeo coach, after winning the um, Rocky Mountain region, both for the Cowgirls and Cowboys, resigned. And I say that in quotations because you don't resign at an end of a successful season right before the um, National Finals rodeo. So it was one of those things where most likely forced to resign, so it doesn't show that he was fired on a resume. That happens Mm. all the time in sports. Yeah, oh yeah. And... um, yeah, so I think there's going to be more coming out about what happened there, but um, I don't know. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. Odd timing. I noticed when I put up that story, everybody Very. said, hmm, this does not look normal. Yep. Um, some other news that came out kind of um, kind of cool. Uh, I don't really, I guess it's just goodwill type stuff, but uh, Black Tooth Brewery putting out a couple of beers. You tried... You tried the one yesterday. The can I got to go to the designs first of all. Yeah. <laughs> and the collaboration between the state to use the state mark on a beer can, mm-hmm. first of all, with the license. The, those were my fav- favorite license plates of all time. Mm-hmm. White background, the brown wood fence. with yeah. the bike. Oh, just love it. Um, the Wyoming Golden Ale, I hope they're going to tweak it a little bit. And it tasted... To me, like one of Cody's favorite, or Cody's favorite beers, not <laughs> yeah. one of, yeah. um, in the in the very beginning. But the aftertaste just had something that I didn't like about it. Um, you had to shovel your face with popcorn <laughs> to get rid of it. But the can <laughs> designs, the merchandise designs, unbelievable. Yeah. Great job with that. And I'm actually wearing a... A long sleeve T-shirt right now with the design cool. on because I I just like I have to have that and I bought a six pack yep. because the can design is so cool and where the county on the license plate would be like a two for um, Cheyenne it is forty four and that's for the forty fourth um, state you know the union and then the barcode on it is zero four four zero zero obviously for the forty fourth state and. Forty-four zero two is the largest margin of victory against CSU, and that was a great day. That yes. was not even a great Wyoming team, <laughs> and that was a that was an ass kick. That was what it was. Beautiful day. Um, and then there's also hidden on the can too. Um, I think it's thirty-three for the thirty-three third governor Mark Gordon, mm. and it's hidden. You can see it on the can, but you have to look for it. Um, but that's for having him be involved in helping get this thing done. And then you said Pistol Pete, the Pistol Pete cans will come out in the the fall. Yeah. So the, uh, state, the license plate cans are Memorial day to labor day, um, for the summer season. And then the Pistol Pete cans will be for the school year and they're going to be sold, um, at games. The cans do look cool, no doubt about it. So I'm gonna have to live through you, and you'll have to tell me if if it gets better or worse. You can try. I, I can't. I can't do that to Coors. 
Can't they just put a bucking horse on a Coors can? All the good stuff in Coors comes from Wyoming anyway. <laughs> the hops, the barley. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and the water just comes from God, so it's perfect. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> uh, Jared, uh, you guys have noticed, I noticed in the uh, page views, uh, started a new column on on the gambling side, I guess, the sports betting side of, of Wyoming Athletics. Um, I know you like to pay attention to that. I don't know how many shekels you actually put down, but I know you like to pay attention to. Uh, I to pay. All that I stuff. used to do a lot, and I'm, there's no lie there. Um, uh, <laughs> when I got out of college athletics, I was like, you know what? Never really done this before. Let's do it. Yep. You know, I dabbled a little bit when I was in college. Just somebody introduced me to a guy back then. It was, I mean, you actually went through a guy who went through a guy. Yeah. Um, but super it, safe. It was like. Five ten dollar type, you know, BS back then. But now online betting has just made it easier for everyone to be involved. Of course, you don't have to go to Vegas or go th- illegally through a bookie. So um, I pay attention to it, just saying, oh, what could have been, you know, mm-hmm. and like, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that type yeah. of deal more than anything. Uh, but uh, the DraftKings, they were the first one that I saw that came out with their over unders for the group of five. They have everybody, but the gr- group of five for sure. And they had Wyoming at six and a half wins total for the season. And you start looking at the schedule, and they're like, one, all right, one and one, two and one, three and one, three and two. And you look it up, and with seven home games, Wyoming's going to get to six and a half wins. Yeah. They're going to be in a bowl game again. Their defense is too good. Mm-hmm. Offense, we, we don't know yet. Yeah. Well, we are, like we said, 99 days away from Texas Tech coming to Laramie, and I'm seeing a lot of Tech fans already just saying, this is going to be a bloodbath, this is going to be a blowout, and you're just thinking, you guys have done no homework, you have no idea what you're coming into here. But, some people are saying Texas Tech is a dark horse to make the playoffs. I think they're really good. Yeah, I so, really do, but I think Laramie sold out opening day. It better be sold out. It's got to be. Hot. I mean, Oregon that, didn't sell out, though. That defense, it didn't? No. That's crazy. I even flew from Michigan for that yeah, one. Yeah, it wasn't an official sellout. Yeah. No, I think that, you know, the Big 12, obviously, is known for their high-octane offenses. Uh, they're not known for their defense, especially run defense. Uh, you know, the Cowboys are going to throw everything at them in the running game. Ding, ding, Harrison Whaley. Yep, yep. I think, and DeWine McNeely, yep. I mean, DQ James, they're all going to be back for that opener, and... I think that's going to be, you know, I I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I I think a lot. Uh, it remind this reminds me a lot of the Missouri game. It really does. Kelly Bryant's coming in. Nobody thought Wyoming had a shot in hell. Of course, Missouri jumps out to a fourteen nothing lead just like that, and uh, it looked like it was going to be scary and go off the rails like so many of these Power Five teams who've come into the War Memorial Stadium have done. Uh, and then the Cowboys just got off the mat, man, and. And I think Wyoming's defense, I know we talk about it every single podcast, and, you know, I know Jay Saville's not crazy about me talking about it so often. He's told me. Uh, but the uh, I think the defense is just going to be lights out. And yeah. they're, they're deeper than we've seen maybe ever um, at almost every position. And, you know, every year we go into this, go in talking about the defense saying, what's the weakness? And it always seems to be at the cornerback spot. I don't know if that's going to be the case anymore. I, I'd be more than willing to say – Tyreekus Davis and Colby Taylor should be, they're arguably the starters on opening day. And, uh, which is, you know, it's because of their play, but also, you know, Ja'Cory Hawkins has been out all spring. He missed all spring with an injury. So, um, 
Name slipped my mind. Uh, Wisconsin transfer. Oh. Names totally slipped my mind here. But those guys were out. Yep. And uh, Tyreekus Davis and Colby Taylor were slipping off of uh, Craig Bull's tongue all spring. So uh, I think they're going to be really good. And, you know, Texas Tech, I think they're going to get their yards and everything. But uh, the one thing the Cowboys defense has not excelled at since, what, 2017 is turnovers. And I think that changes this year. And that changes with – all that depth, you got guys coming in full speed every single snap. So, I mean, Deron Harrell is who I was trying to think of from Wisconsin. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, you got fresh guys on every snap. And, uh, you know, that's what leads to turnovers. Craig Bull talks about it all the time. You can practice it all you want, but really it's it's about who's the more athletic team. And I think Wyoming's going to be very athletic on that side of the ball. And really, guys, I know we've heard this over and over and over again, but I think the tight ends are really going to play a role this year. I really do. Uh, Trayton Welch is just too good. He's got, you know, they all say he's got the best hands on the team. He can go up and get those 50-50 balls, as we saw last year. Um, And then John Michael Gillenborg is just, he's lightning fast, and he's a big dude, and I know they're really, really excited about him. So, I, I don't know. I'm optimistic. I certainly don't see any kind of a blowout. I don't know why anybody would be talking about that, especially Texas Tech fans. It, to me, that's just giving Wyoming no respect and thinking they're coming into a little well, P5 school and going to roll. It's fun to talk smack right now. It is. It's for sure. It so, is. And if, if, you know, hopefully they bring a good crowd, which I'm sure they'll have at least 1,500 people there. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fun. It'll be a fun oh, game, yeah. fun atmosphere. I think of Texas Tech kind of as a kindred spirit, too, because I think they're like Lubbock's kind of like the Laramie of the Big 12. Yep. And like Pullman is the, you know, Laramie of the Pac-12. And, and Starksville is kind of the Laramie of the SEC. Well, and, and you've heard possibly that actual TV schedule is going to be out here any day now. Soon, yep. So hopefully that game is on a Saturday afternoon, yeah. maybe 5 o'clock mm-hmm. window, you know, uh, Saturday afternoon, first game of the year type of deal. Now, if it's moved, embrace it, folks. Yeah, We're in that age. You have yep. to embrace the moving of the games to a Friday night or a Thursday night, whatever it may be. Yep. Just live with it, show up, and root yep. on the Pokes. Yep. That's because fun, one of those games, maybe even two, of those first seven games mm-hmm. is going to be on a on a uh, weeknight. Oh, yeah. it's just going to happen. Yeah, yeah, most likely. And I'd be shocked if it didn't. So, yep. But re- go back to DraftKings six and a half win total. Uh, FanDuel I saw has it at five and a half over under. So shop around for your best odds before you place any bets. That's my advice to you. Don't take my picks. If you don't want to, but always shop around for the best odds. Well, you know what my thoughts are on this whole thing is I I go to Wyoming's road schedule immediately. Uh, Texas is a bear. That's going to be brutal. It's going to be tough. I mean, can the Cowboys win there? Yeah. I think when you have a great defense, you can can win anywhere. Uh, But it's going to be tough. But if you think about it, I think it's so favorable. They play at Colorado Springs. Wyoming and Air Force are always, always battling it out. Um, That series is only... I think Air Force has a three-game lead in that series, and those teams win at home and away. Um, so Air Force, I like that game. There's a ton of Wyoming fans there. It's almost like another home game, in my opinion. But then you have Nevada, who's obviously down. You have UNLV, who's rebuilding, and you have Boise State. Those are your road games. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. In November, two of your games are in Nevada. Yep. I don't hate that at all. And and neither one will have more than 15,000 fans at them. Exactly. And a lot of them will be Wyoming fans. Yeah, I love the way the Cowboys' <laughs> schedule plays out. And, and you have to think that all those home games, you have to think they're not going to lose more than one or two home games, if at all. I mean, you really do. And I know people are giving a ton of credit to Appalachian State. 
I know they have earned it over the years, but I, the Cowboys have to win that game. Yep. So, uh, Athlon <clears throat> this week came out with their uh, All Mountain West team, and we see here uh, John Hoyland was named a preseason second team All American. Wyoming's place kicker, of course. Uh, what a great career he's had. Uh, speaking of Nevada, was at his first game ever when he got called and Wally Pipped. Uh, Luke Glassick came in and made four field goals against the Wolfpack in that very first game of the COVID season. Um, and hasn't looked back. He was 22 of 25 last year, including a long of 55. He was four of five from kicks beyond 50 yards, and he was a perfect 28 for 28 in the PAT department. So congratulations to him. I think he's probably going to be a Lou Groza type of finalist this yep. year. Uh, really good, uh, really good kicker, and uh, that's just an invaluable commodity uh, this day and age. You see it in the NFL all the time. Guys can't even make PATs anymore. So, uh, really, really special guy. Uh, the Cowboys land 13 players on uh, the All Mountain West team. Six of those are first team guys. I'm telling you, man. This everybody. I see so much pessimism, uh, you know, within the fan base, and I mean, six of these guys are first team All Mountain West, and they're all more than deserving. Starting with Harrison Whaley, who hasn't even worn a Wyoming uniform yet. Uh, he is their pick for the top running back in the Mountain West Conference. Frank Crum, who's making the move over to left tackle from right tackle to protect Andrew Peasley's blind side this year. He's also on the team. Uh, so is uh, Cole Goodbo and Jordan Bernoulli. We've said it all along. That's the best defensive tackle tandem probably in the country, yep. definitely in the Mountain West. And then Easton Gibbs, middle linebacker, he is uh, another very deserving candidate. 121 tackles last year. That's 48 more than his uh, running mate on the outside, Shea Suyanoa. And then, of course, John Hoyland. Um, uh, tight end, Trayton Welch, center, Noah Fia Tulafono. Also, uh, edge rusher, Devon Harris, made the second team. Uh, defensive end, Braden Siders, was the only Cowboy to land on the third team. Suyanoa and uh, safety, Wyatt Eckler, along with punter, Clayton Stewart, made the fourth team. So... Uh, first team offense too. I noticed uh, Chavin Cordero. Will that guy go away already? The Cowboys don't play San Jose State this year, but uh, he's been in this league for a hundred years. And Wasn't he signed originally by uh, Hawaii in yep. like 2010? Yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, speak of the speak of the devil, George Halani, running back, Boise State, who of course had the big fumble at the end of the game in Laramie. He's been at Boise State forever since the since the Obama administration, at least. So uh, running back wise, uh, George Halani is uh, he's a uh, he's a horse for sure. And then Ashton Genty, uh, uh, their backup running back at Boise State, also named to the first team. So uh, Boise State did have the most. Um, obviously, we get to vote on uh, our own preseason polls uh, before football season starts. Um, Boise State is probably the pick. Um, they're. They're just, they're really good. And it all starts, uh, of course, under center with Taylor Green, their quarterback who was picked second team by Athlon. Um, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to see him on the uh, first team at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. He's a really special player. So, uh, any players come to mind that maybe they left off this list, Jared, for Wyoming? Uh, I would say the, you know, those defensive backs that you you made mention of. Obviously, they haven't. Worn two of them haven't worn a Wyoming uniform yet, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to be. I mean, these guys, Athlon goes all the way to four teams. Yeah, I, I 
I don't know if you want to really talk about anything at past three. Yeah. And sometimes past two. Three, you'd say honorable mention. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I think those guys at the end of the year will probably land on there. Yeah. I know you mentioned John Michael Gilborg. Yeah. Um, Gillenborg, sorry. Yeah, I think he'll be um, on there. And I think the Cowboys, if things go right this year, Andrew Peasley needs to land on this list. Yeah. Is one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. Yes. And, and he was last year. He was honorable mention. There's a possibility that a guy like Dwayne McNeely yes. might sneak up there too, um, you know, as a third team guy, honorable mention guy. I wouldn't be surprised or, if a guy like Jack Walsh too on the offensive line. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he makes this list as yep. well. Um, you, If all goes well, you hope Andrew Peasley's on this list, and he, he would need to be if the Cowboys are going to do something special. Uh, and then maybe a White Wheeland. You need one of those kind of guys to land on this list as well. Um, a dark horse, a very dark horse, that things would be going really well for the Cowboys if Alex Brown could figure yep. it out and land on this list. Uh, and and we're talking, you know, for him to land on the list, we're talking 50 receptions for 750 yards oh. and six touchdowns. If he could do that, yeah. imagine what, what that would do to Cowboys the Cowboys. Cowboys win eight games. Easy. Easy. Yep. I mean, we saw it with Isaiah Nair. Yep. So, um, if he could do that, I mean, I don't know. I know the big question mark is always going to be on this offense, especially the passing game. So, um, I know that's the main reason for the pessimism, and, and I get it. I do get it. Um, they need to show us, and, and they haven't done that. But this year, I really think, we've talked about it before, but I really think they're going to let the training wheels off of uh, Andrew Peasley. Bull mentions all the time that he was in his first year in the system. He came over from Utah State, which just airs it out, and he never took a sh- took a snap under under center the whole time he was in Logan. Um, it's it is an adjustment, and I know <clears throat> it sounds like a ton of excuses, but you know, learning a pro style offense coming from that kind of offense, I mean, it'd be like learning a new language. And then on top of that, they didn't allow Andrew to be Andrew and run the ball when the, you know how many times, and they were smart, but how many times did he throw the ball away last year? Well, remember Which, that run that he had up the middle against San Jose State? Oh, yeah. He pulled away from He sure the did. He sure did. And so. if you're going to take a bright spot from the offense at, at that opener at Illinois, it was him taking the ball in those end rounds. Yep. And he just, he, he, if he had a little, one more gear, he probably would have scored at least on one of those. Slide. Slide. Yeah, yeah, please. Get the first down slide. Yes, exactly. So, Peasley, to me, is the, the real wild card here. He needs to land on this list. And uh, he's getting no love right now. He was an honorable mention last year. He had some good moments. I mean, the the middle portion of the year, he was really good. And they're not saying it, but I, I feel like he was probably more hurt than we know toward the end because he just did well, not that look right. game when he came back in, he could barely walk oh, back he, to the huddle. Yeah, he looked rough. He got, I mean, he got dinged at CSU. Hip pointers are, I mean... Go get one, folks. Yeah. And try to walk with it, well, let got, alone play football with he it. He got dinged against San Jose State and came back into that game. And Andrew mm-hmm. Peasley's just, he's not a big human being at all. So he just can't take that kind of a beating. But uh, obviously we'll get more into football this summer. <clears throat> Another little bit of tidbit of news. Your buddy's laying down a new rug there at uh, War Memorial Stadium. They're going to get new turf. Yeah, Jed Easterbrook and Jared Petrino, they both mm-hmm. work field turf. Both uh, UW alums in their own right. Uh, Who unfortunately live in Utah. No. I well, Jed, Jed does. Yeah. Uh, Jared lives up in Casper. Oh. And I, I say Jared as an alum. I know he went to Carroll College undergrad, but I think he got his master's degree anyway at UW. Yeah. But he coached there for a while and worked in the department and stuff. So those guys, it's been a long-lasting relationship with Field Turf and glad to see it continue. 
and um, it's going to be uh, it's not much different of a design, just a little bit tweaks. Like the mountains, they're not the Tetons anymore; they're just mountains. Mm-hmm. And because so many people were angry about that, I was like, "Get over it, folks! They're mountains." Yeah. yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and then you see comments. Well, why isn't it this mountain range? Why isn't it? they're mountains? Yeah, yeah. It's unique and it's awesome. And think about how good that's going to look opening day against Texas Tech yep. with that brand new carpet down. It's going to look really, really good. So excited for that! I'm I'm pumped for football season, man. I haven't been this this uh, really this excited about an upcoming season in a long time. I mean, last year there were so many question marks surrounding this team that it was kind of like we're all gonna figure we're all gonna find out together. But two years ago, <laughs> yeah, we had uh, our hearts broke. Yeah, so that was brutal. And then of course, COVID was a complete nightmare. Uh, speaking of which, I don't know what day it is, but June first. Uh, this has been four years now. It'll be the four year anniversary of seventy two twenty sports. It just popped up on my Facebook memories today that um, I, I put out a little timid message. I remember putting it out like, hey, we're starting this thing. And then you um, release the Fennis Dembo yeah. feature and yep. all that stuff. Yep. And it's crazy to think that we're four years down the road here. And really thankful to Town Square Media for, uh, for picking up 7220 because like so many businesses, COVID Damn near did it. <laughs> Damn near did us in. Well, so we're glad to have you. Yeah, it's really cool to be here. So a lot of exciting um, things coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to share that kind of news, hopefully here really soon. Yeah. And uh I mean, and congratulations, I guess, to us. Yeah. We, oh. <laughs> we are a finalist for a uh, a WAB award, which is a Wyoming Association of Broadcasters for our seventy two twenty sports kickoff show. Yep. Um I don't know how many people in we're nominated, but uh, we are a finalist. <laughs> and we're not exactly radio pros, if you can no. tell. Uh, we just, two, uh, two guys having fun. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely didn't get any formal training with this. They just gave us a microphone and a platform, which is scary. So stay tuned. Uh, we might be uh, bragging about a plaque here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Drinking beer off a plaque here, uh, embarrassing yeah, ourselves it, in public. It, ah, there's nothing. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with something that we can actually drink out of with the plaque, we, if it happens. We need to have our own bronze boot, I think. A mini bronze boot? Yep. Yeah. All right. And we'll just make complete asses of ourselves with this. There thing. is somebody who makes those little um, replica bronze boots with, um, it's in the back of a truck. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So maybe we get order a couple of those <laughs> yeah. and we drink there a little go. shot out of them. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, a couple little uh, other tidbits that happened this week. Theo Ratliff, congratulations to him. Last week he was named to the Alabama Hall of Fame. Uh, that was long overdue. Yep, state of Alabama state Sports of Alabama. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. The Demopolis native, just you you guys all know how special he was. And he's there. done so much goodwill in his hometown of Demopolis as well. He's he's opened up some uh, literacy uh, schools, you know, type of deal, and, and just funded libraries and things like that. So And just a good And at UW. Yeah, and at UW, yeah. donating to the Arena Project and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he's just a great guy. And, I mean, he he's putting out some stud athletes himself, too. His kids, he has a daughter that plays volleyball at um, Ole Miss, Ole I believe, Miss, yeah, and, I or so. Arkansas, or maybe it was both at some time. Yeah. And his twin boys are going to be something, I think, <laughs> yeah. coming up. So He was a special player. I'd uh, love to go back to figure out how they even snagged him out of Demopolis, Alabama, in the first place. Fads. Thad Fitzpatrick is who got that guy. He was a recruiter for Benny Dees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Benny kind of had a little footprint down Thad in the Thad Fitzpatrick South, also got Quinn Higgins. Yeah. So. The biggest what if. Who also made the villains list in the uh, injury category. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And, you know, that, that category, that was fun, actually, because we first talked about how many injuries happened at the east basket of the arena mm-hmm. um, because a lot of those injuries just happened at that same basket. That, but we wanted to include ones that happened before, and one, the biggest one that happened before was Mike Jackson. Yeah, in the field house. Yeah. So. Yeah, some really unfortunate injuries yep. when you start looking at down the list at that, and then you know mono too for for a guy like Larry Nance, yep. and then you know uh, Hunter Maldonado. Obviously, he wouldn't have got an extra year if it wasn't yep. for a back injury that and a leg injury he suffered. But down. I also remember some of the biggest dunks by Wyoming Cowboys at that East Side basket. Yeah, we already talked uh, about one. Yeah, Josh Davis is yep. that's where he hauled the alley oop. Uh, Josh Adams. When they th- when they first wore um, the throwback unis, he was wearing number thirty four yeah. of all things. He threw one down on that baseline that was one of his top five all time, in my opinion. Yeah. And then uh, um, another one was Tim Bro against CSU. Uh, he threw one, and I think he, I think Tim wore thirty four. Uh, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. he threw one down, and. Uh, I always called him Bell Biv Timbro because he had that fade like the <laughs> Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, other news: This is happening all over college athletics. Mike Bone, longtime AD, he was at CU, Cincinnati, now USC, out. And some of that his, I believe, was forced out though. A lot of weird stuff happened underneath him at USC. Gary Barta, former Wyoming AD. Uh, not much of a legacy at Wyoming because it was kind of a stepping stone. He came from Washington as a senior associate to UW. Next thing you know, he's at Iowa. Oh. And um, he's re- reporting retiring today um, or at the end of this, probably June 30th. Do you think Mike Bone has anything to do with what Larry Scott, they're finding out the what he did in the Pac-12 as far as spending-wise? and and I think no because I don't think Bone was there long enough to be under – you know, um, be associated with Larry Scott. Mm-hmm. I think there's more inner um, department stuff going on, how he treated certain mm. coaches. And I think there was something he said about a female. Oh, that kind of stuff. So. That'll do it. Um, Interesting news, though, coming out of Pullman, Washington, that they're not spending, they overspent last year um, by a lot. And they're cutting back on their spending and like travel and everything. And that's a Pac 12 budget. And they, and they just uh, renovated their football stadium, mm-hmm. as is Oregon State renovating their football stadium yeah. with all of that packed, you know, the TV money. But they don't even have a TV deal right now. They're still negotiating. Yeah. Well, and they were already on on Dish Network. Well, the Pac-12 network. network. Yeah. That that whole. Uh, and but Larry Scott made fifty million dollars. In his like ten years, yeah. as the and they their rent at their offices in San Jose area in the Bay Area. Look that up. It's <laughs> astronomical. Wow. what they spent on rent. What do you think? If you had a crystal ball here, what do you think is going to happen to that to that league? Well, I mean, there's going to be another big shakeup coming, right? I mean, I still think probably two more of those teams go to the Big Ten, which still doesn't make sense. Stanford, no. You don't think? Uh-uh. I think Stanford reminds me of a Big Ten program. Academically, absolutely. But I think it's going to be um, it's going to be Washington and Oregon. Oh. Yeah. You don't have a league left. And then the maybe they take the next four Pac-12 teams to the Big 12. 
to make that a big 16. Stanford has enough of an endowment, maybe they go independent. Stanford stays in the Pac-12, inherits Mountain West teams, or those teams are absorbed by the Mountain West. <laughs> That's my gut. That'd be so interesting. Yeah, you'd imagine the Big 12 probably would jump on the Arizona schools immediately. Probably San Diego State. I think it would probably be the two Arizona schools and um, uh, Cal and Stanford. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Weird. It's yeah. And then that leaves Washington State, Oregon State, um, to they'd be great in the Mountain West. It would be. Yep. They would be so great. Oh well, then we're we're forgetting CU and Utah. Utah. So I'm sorry. It'd be the Arizona schools with CU and Utah to the Big Twelve, and then Cal and Stanford, Oregon State. Washington State to the come to the Mountain West. West or the Mountain West go to the Pac-12. Hmm. Yeah, so I'd take it. Yeah, I'd take that. But is Wyoming included in that? That's that's the question. Yeah, that's always the scary proposition. I don't know. The way I look at all this movement is just uh, you. Unfortunately, are in our position. We can't be. We have to just be reactionary. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. just to see when the other shoe's going to drop. So. I don't know, man. It's, I mean, every year it changes, and five years from now, we may not even be talking about the Power Five schools even being associated with Division yeah. One athletics. They might have their own association. Well, the only thing I ever say about this stuff is just as long as we're with CSU, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care where Wyoming ends up as long as we're with And I don't care State. if Air Force is included in anything in the future because I just... Yeah. I mean, I would miss that game for sure, but not... Uh, it's got to be CSU. I wouldn't. Got to be with CSU. Those cutting bastards. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the players would. Chop locks. <laughs> All right. Well, per usual, we somehow did an hour. Yeah, I don't know how we had nothing to talk about. <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's the problem here, folks, with the podcast. Is uh, what are we even going to talk about? And we find our way rambling for an hour per usual. So. Thanks for joining us. As always, our podcast numbers have been growing like a weed, Jared, for sure. So uh, it's really good to see that, that people are caring. I have actually have people on Twitter that are up my ass, like, when's the next one? Yeah, I, so, I get text messages. Yeah. Joey, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's cool. So hopefully uh, hopefully we'll have some big news coming later on this summer and maybe, uh, maybe uh, have some more different platforms. Too. And we are still in my basement right now, yep. but I was in the office yesterday. The next podcast will be done from the office. Yeah. Where we'll actually have better equipment. There's a punch list left to do on some paint touch-ups. Other than that, we're ready to roll. Awesome. Can't wait. And maybe we can, like we've talked about, add some kind of video element to this thing, too. And Do they really want to see our mugs? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Especially because we're award-winning radio guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Award-nominated. Oh. Well, I'm just giving us the win now because oh, okay. I heard who we're up against. Oh. And if we don't lose, or if we lose, we're... We're both moving. We're both moving out of state and getting rid of all technology. No phones, no computers, no nothing. So thanks, for, as always, for joining us. Uh, We'll probably catch you this time next week. So you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 